Welcome, everyone. Fun to see faces and y'all. We need to hang out more often. My wife and I started a church at one because God called us to. But I think, honestly, like we just had a bunch of people at our house every week on Wednesday nights. And it felt weird that we'd all go to different churches throughout the week. And so eventually we were like, hey, let's just let's do something that, that helps us get together throughout the week. So we started a church. And here we are. Um, well, I'm excited to, to finish off our, uh, our, um, our fourth week in Hebrews. Uh, b- by the way, I, I can't move on um, without just even sitting in that place and just honoring God one more time for that place of worship. Um, was that amazing? Um, I'm always aware, as I'm in the front row on purpose, so I don't see anybody. Um, <laughs> I don't get distracted. Um, you guys in the back, I don't know how you do it. Um, I'd be looking at people and watching how they worship and maybe judging them. I don't know. That's just, um, um, I'd be like, oh, that person's faking it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but I was just, I, I'm in the front row on purpose, so I'm not distracted. And I was just going like, oh, my Lord, this is, this is just one of those moments that, I don't know, as a worship leader, you dream about those moments that you just feel like the whole room is it. And then I, I couldn't help but think, I wonder if there's people in here that, um, that aren't sure what to do. And then I thought to myself, God, we're going to be in heaven one day, and it's going to be the same tagline over and over and over again, right? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And then, and then we're going to do it again. And, we're, and I just, man, I was just getting wrecked by looking at Jesus. And so I just, if you need some kind of a structure to put in what happens, most of you don't. But if you do, um, that might help. I tell you, uh, I just love this community. I love it. I love it. I, I, th- we, there's just such a strength in, in the way we just look at Jesus and worship him. And I don't know about you guys, but I just, I just look at it. And I, just, I, and I was hearing like the accuser. There's no one left to accuse you. There's no one left to accuse you. There's no one left to tell you that you're not qualified. To, to, to be on this planet and change the world. And that, to me, it was just wrecking me there. Well, like I said, today's our... Uh, oh, it's getting louder. <laughs> You're going to have to help me, uh, Jordan, because I'm just going. All right, so listen, we're gonna, it's our last week in Hebrews. If you guys haven't been to every single one of them, I'm going to give a little bit of a, a recap um, and where we've been. And, 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 you know, if you ever... If you're new to the Bible or maybe you're still working your way through it, um, Hebrews is a, it's kind of a weighty book. I don't know if you've noticed that when you read it. It's not like, it's not a whole bunch of little parables and Jesus telling stories and healing people. It's weighty stuff. Um, And, uh, you know, I never thought of it that way until we started looking at it more and somebody else said it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it is, it's kind of weighty. We're talking about covenants we're talking about sacrifices we're talking about just all these things like that just it you know it's just not as simple to read I think and you know I, I think I've, I've if you, you can pick out some really powerful verses out of there of course but um, as a whole the book is a little it's a little weighty and so I love that we as we're going through Hebrews we've been focusing on a few things one and really been dialing into the heart of the message and so Hebrews Hebrews is really a book written to, to a bunch of Jews that used to be part of the old covenant. They decided to follow Jesus. And so you have some new Christians that are now actually being persecuted for, for, for changing into 
this new religion, this new faith. They're followers of the way now. And so the author is basically encouraging them, don't lose hope, don't lose faith. And so this is, this is what we've been talking about. And so this is pretty much all of that is just to say that Jesus is a much better and fuller revelation than the Old Testament could ever do. Uh, Micah and Jimmy preached a, a few times. Micah did a couple and uh, Jimmy just last week. But they talked about that Jesus is, is a much better priest than the priests of the Old Testament. Where the priests of the Old Testament had to come in every year and create a sacrifice for our sins to stave off the wrath of God. And so Jesus did it once and for all and he never had to do it again. Talked about that we have a much better um, sacrifice. That Jesus himself was the sacrifice. Right? And so we, it, it's... You know, theologically, they used to use blood, the blood of bulls and goats. So they had to kill them, and we'd have a, a sacrifice that was killed. And so we had dead sacrifices that literally had to be done over and over again throughout the, throughout the year and throughout time, where Jesus died once and for all, and he actually became the living sacrifice. And we talks about a superior covenant and a superior temple, that Jesus, Jesus um, we used to have a temple made with, with man's hands, and now we have a temple that's not made with hands. And Jimmy talked about this new covenant that we have. That in the Old Testament, there was a covenant that, that, that literally, it, it, although it, there was a remission of sins, there was a forgiveness of sins every year when the, when the priest came into the temple, it never allowed us to be close with the Lord. And so only one person could go into the holies of holies and meet with the Lord and create the sacrifice. But Jesus came and he made a way for us to come into the holies of holies with him, right? In fact, we're going to read, it says, come boldly before the throne of grace. And so we have a much better covenant. Uh, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy called it the, the best news ever. And if you look at our, our podcast, it's labeled new, the better covenant or the best news ever. And I think that's beautiful. <laughs> and so to, I love, as we're talking about Hebrews, I thought this was fitting Brian Simmons opens the, um, the pa- he, he, he authored the Passion Translation, he opens Hebrews with this, that as a summary, that Hebrews is written for every believer today. For we have crossed over from darkness to light and from doubt to faith. The name Hebrews means those who crossed over. That we have passed from shadows to substance and from doubt to the reality of faith. What once was just a symbol has now become substance for all the pictures of the Old Testament have found their fulfillment in Jesus. And so Hebrews is a book about crossing over from the old, the obsolete covenants, the obsolete temples, to the new covenant in Christ. It's about learning to rest. Say rest. It's about learning to rest in this, in this new covenant. And I know some of this stuff just feels like Christianity 101. But man, we've been preaching the gospel for three weeks now. And and it's been a beautiful reminder as you you begin to learn the reality. Listen, I I was a Christian for maybe 10 years or so, 15 years. I don't know how long it was. But it wasn't until like, well, it was about 10 years ago. But time flies. But there was a point about halfway through my Christian career. Career. (laughs) I'm a professional Christian. I have a career in Christianity. No. Um, halfway through my Christian career, it finally dawned on me that I don't know what it means that Jesus' blood was everything we needed. 
It just didn't make sense to me. It was like having a cross, and I was like, oh, that's great. It means Christ, right? It does. Cool. We believe in the cross. But it wasn't until I started learning more about what the gospel actually means and how it was able to draw me close to Christ. And so if you ever wonder why we talk about Jesus and the gospel so much, it's because you can't exhaust the story of Christ. Every time you talk about it, your heart gets a deeper revelation of who he is and what he did for you. And you might not think that's the, like that, that is what you need right now. But I tell you, if you're having a hard time at work, you need the gospel. And if you're having a hard time waking up with joy in your heart, you need the gospel. You don't need five points on joy. You need the gospel. Does that make sense? I think a lot of the church, it, and it's very easy to hear a five-point message or a, or a, or a catchy uh, tagline. But really, if we stray from the heart of what Christ did then we're, ju- we're just writing books about self-help. And Christianity is not about self-help. <laughs> Christianity is about Jesus helping you. And, and you might be like, well, how do I get that in me? And you just got to spend time with him. All right. So we're going to get into this. So th- w- today I've been commissioned, part of my role in this uh, series on Hebrews is to talk about Hebrews 10. So if you want to get there now, Go for it. Um, I want to see that the book of Hebrews is one big book of encouragement. It's like the, the author was saying to these Jews, keep going. Don't stop. Listen, I know, I know you've made this big choice to follow Jesus, and the culture that you're in is radically against you. But the author is saying, listen, like, you've got you've to understand how good this covenant is. And you've got to understand how much better Jesus is than the priests that you were following. And so the whole book is really just, it's kind of like the Old Testament points to Jesus. The whole book of Hebrews is all about encouraging these Christians to keep running. And so if you need an exhortation message, I pray today is it. I pray that today you just grab a hold of, of some of this encouragement yourself. And, and honestly, I hope, I hope you grab a hold that you are the encourager um, that Jesus wants to send out. Let me pray. Father, Father, we, we do. We come boldly before you right now, God, that you're in the room right now. And we just love you and we honor your presence right now. Like David was worshiping earlier, we welcome you with our praises. We welcome you with our prayers. With our hearts are wide open, Lord, I pray you'd speak to everybody here, God. I pray your power would be made known. In Jesus' name, amen. So Hebrews 10, 19, I think we have some of it up there. Let's go ahead and jump in. I'm going to read the whole, it's 19 through 25, and then we're going to break it up into three parts. You guys ready? All right. Therefore, brethren. Now let me back up. What's, I anybody to hear therefore, I have a hard time starting there. What's it therefore? And so, and so the author is literally going back, he's talking about, actually this is where Jimmy kind of left off. He says that, that one, that, that Jesus was enough and sufficient for everything. Verse 14, for one offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified and the Holy Spirit testifies to us. And all this is, he's basically this long letter. Remember Jimmy said that the book of Hebrews was a letter to the church and it was meant to be read in its entirety. And so as Jimmy read it last week, and I think he nailed it, it was so good. Essentially, imagine, imagine the letter is now getting to this place and, and the, the reader is saying, now therefore, 
Since we have such a better covenant, a better priest, a better sacrifice, therefore, brethren, since we have confidence now, hearing all of that, we have a confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he has inaugurated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. That's just a good word right there. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now that's an encouraging, that's an encouraging set of scripture. We could read that daily. Let's, let's break it apart. I'm going to hit, I'm actually, I, I know I said we don't need three points uh, messages, but I think structure is beautiful sometimes. And so I've got three different parts I'm going to pull out of this. The first part, verse 19 through 22. And, we're gonna, and, and so if you, if you look at this, I'm going to read it again. It says this, it says, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence. Now say confidence. Okay, that was three of you. Say confidence. Now listen, I, I don't do this for my own benefit. I said, <laughs> when there's a place of interaction, there's a place of you begin to get it in you. Am I right? And so this is why, <laughs> this is why it's good to just, if you get a chance, repeat what I say. You don't have to. I'm not keeping track. But I promise you, my goal is not to hear me myself speak. My goal is that this word gets in you and that it actually takes root in you and creates living structures, okay? All right. So therefore, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he has inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near, say draw near, let us come near with a sincere heart, with full assurance. Say assurance. I like these words. With assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. There's so much goodness in this. Listen, one of the things I, I, I think that the devil would love, would love to have at you is that he would attack your confidence. He would love to attack your confidence. Now, this isn't the kind of confidence like uh, a Gary Vaynerchuk or some other kind of, like, I don't know, some of these, uh, what are some of the, 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 the names right now in the self-help stream? I don't know. I used to listen to a guy. But listen, there's a lot of self-help stuff, and it's not bad. You know, if you can find someone to breathe some confidence in you throughout the day, I say go for it. <laughs> but this isn't that kind of confidence. All that kind of confidence is to, is to kind of get you stirred up so that you can work harder. So that you can hustle. So that you can, uh, that you can be better at something. And that's not a bad thing. But this isn't the kind of confidence we're talking about here. When it says this, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. This means that you, you can have assurance that, that you've been sprinkled clean. And some of you guys might be doing it today. But there might be a few of us in here that are just like not feeling super uh, clean. 
Maybe you're discouraged because, you, you're, you know, there's a couple of people that said, that said they needed a new job or a new car. Like, listen, listen, some of that stuff can shake you. Listen, I remember being let go from a position. I, I don't know that it was my fault. I'm sure I had something to do with it. But, but I, I remember being let go. And that really affected my heart. Like, there was, there was moments where I'm like, gosh, I'm, I'm not a very good employee. Now, have you ever, have you ever felt like you've been rejected when something, just some life event happened to you? Maybe, you, maybe uh, somebody got in an accident. I'm not saying you did this, but maybe, maybe you, hit, you rear-ended somebody. I was actually just today I was driving by the, 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 the scene of the crime when uh, um, well, somebody rear-ended somebody else. And, uh, and, and, and I, I remember the discouragement that that person had in their heart. And so these are those moments when you don't feel like running into the presence of God and saying, oh, Lord, aren't I amazing? Take me and I'm worth everything. Pay for me. It's in those moments that you're like, I think I'm going to go be alone and mope. Right? And that's just real. I hope we can talk about real stuff. Like if you're ever feeling like moping, if you're ever waking up and you're feeling like this isn't going to be a good day, those are the moments that he's talking about. He says, listen, listen, I, I know the enemy is attacking your confidence, but I want you to know you've been washed clean so that you can come close. That it says that we have a living way, a new and living way. That means that Jesus is alive and he wants to hang out with you. This idea of a relationship with God, the way, the way they're talking about it would have been, well, it was heresy for these Jews, but it would have been massively controversial that you can now come boldly before Jesus. You can come boldly before the throne and that you can actually be in his presence. And so this, was, this is massively countercultural. And so the first one I want to say is encouraged to come close. Encouraged to come close. Now in that, listen, I want you to know that, that your sin is not what separates you from Jesus anymore. Right? We have a better sacrifice. We, I mean, we nailed that thing for the past three weeks. That, that Jesus bought and paid for you so that you can come close. No matter how dirty, no matter how messed up, no matter how many car crashes, no matter how many jobs you've lost, no matter how, no matter how broke you are, how rich you are. Because there's some wealthy people that are far from the Lord. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It's your heart condition. But listen, I want you to know, like, even in that, I, I, I want you to throw off all hindrances. And so there's also an encouragement to come close. But in coming close, it's his kindness that says, come close to me. Throw off those addictions. Throw off those feelings of despair. Don't bring the despair into, into this relationship. Now, he's not afraid of your despair, but when you get close to him, I encourage you to try and be despaired. When you come close to him, try and stay depressed. Because he's so good and he's so kind. And so I want to encourage you guys to come close. The next part here is verse 23. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. The next one is encouraged to hold fast or hold on. Let us hold fast the confession. Uh, Hebrews, I was thinking about this and it actually says in Hebrews 3.12. I want you to throw it up there. 
It says this, it says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage... Next slide. But encourage one another daily. Everybody say daily. daily. Say encourage daily. As long as it's called today, right? Isn't that easy? I just thought, come on. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Let me ask you, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I, there's, a, there's a great quote that says, nobody has ever suffered too much encouragement. Have you met somebody yet? Let me ask you, who in here has had too much encouragement today? You're full. I've had too much. Knock it off, right? Like, I'm out. I don't need this message. I've had way too much encouragement today. I'm, I'm too encouraged. No, but it's, how often does it say we need to be encouraged? Now, is, it, now is the author saying, listen, if you're, if you're a new Christian, make sure you're encouraged daily. Does it say that if you're, a, if you're, if you're not very mature, you need encouragement daily? <laughs> no, he's talking, to the Jew, he's talking to these Christians and he's saying, listen, daily be encouraged. Who's going to encourage you? Look to the left. Look to the right. Heck, look up. Look all around. Listen, you, you are all part of the encouraging team. I know you may not be a volunteer yet, but you are now in the volunteer section of our encouragement team at Presence OC. <laughs> Listen, encourage each other daily. Pull that up again. It says, it says that, um, where is it? I actually have it here too. It says, but encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Listen, there's a reason why it says to hold fast the confession of your hope without wavering. Be encouraged to hold fast. Because why? Because when, when, you, when you let go when you let go of the reason that you're a Christian, when you let go of the reason why you're loved, you're accepted, when you let go of Christ, sin comes in and hardens your heart. And when you get your heart and gets heart, you begin to swerve. You begin to swerve. And it says, it says this, it says, without wavering or unswervingly, another, another translation, it says this, for he who is promised is faithful. Listen, we need to, we need to encourage each other. And what do you want to, and what, I, what, I, what it's saying here is to hold fast. Reminds me of those, uh, that tattoo. Some of you, anybody else thought about that? The old, the old uh, sailing tattoos. It says hold fast. I had a friend of mine actually, uh, Gordon sitting back there, a friend of mine, Roger Joyner. It's, uh, he had a tattooed pray fast. And it looked pretty, it looked pretty mean. I liked it too. He had a lot more tats, so it worked for him. I, I don't think it would work for me. Um, <laughs> but, but what was that it was about? It was like these were sailors, there were pirates. These were, these were, they were like in, in the middle of storms, it was hold fast. Why? Because things were going to get really easy? No, because they were hard. Because they were hard. And so, so listen, I want to encourage us today, as it's called today, which is today, hold fast and encourage each other. I was thinking about a story about something that just happened recently. Um, just a fun testimony I wanted to share. Um, we, were at a, uh, we were at a park. We were at this, uh, uh, this family. It was called Legacy Makers. It was a, a great gr um, group that's kind of building kingdom families. And so Jess and I were invited. We went. I think it was probably about 15 families out at a park. And it was like this big, uh, it was a big 
Uh, we all competed against each other. And so the Skinners came in third. I just, I mean, we weren't keeping track, but we were. Um, we, it ended, we were actually in first place till the tug of war at the end. And then I slipped and it was over. I know. I know. I did not want to draw near to the Lord at that moment. I was discouraged. Um, but but, uh, but we, were, we were just cleaning up, and there was a bunch of families I didn't really know very well, but there was a woman, young woman there that I had, I had met a couple times, didn't know her that well, but I remember saying hi to her, and we were saying hi, and you know, she introduced to her daughter. Her husband wasn't there, and said, yeah, this is my other daughter. She's, we're fostering her, and we're hoping to adopt her soon. And, and, she's, and, and I said, oh, wow. She says, yeah, but she's got some, she's a little behind. She's a little behind in her development. And, and I think she was like six years old. And I said, oh, come on. I mean, every, every kid goes at different ages, right? You need to encourage her, you know. And she says, no, she's really behind. Like she's operating um, at, a, at a one-year-old level right now. And my heart kind of just broke a little bit. Because in the foster system, um, when someone is that far behind, it's likely that they had a lot of trauma. And so I could feel, I could just feel in that moment when she said, no, one-year-old. I could feel her heart just almost like speaking the discouragement that she was walking in as, uh, as the mother of this, of this girl. And I don't, I, I think honestly, I wasn't speaking prophetically. I, this, this isn't a message to begin to prophesy over people. But I just, I just, you know, I was like, I just like who I am. I love encouraging. I was just out of the natural place of just my heart. I said, hey, I want you to know you're doing an amazing job. And, and you know what? This is going to change. This is going to change. And she looked at me with these eyes. I don't know if you ever had someone look at these eyes and they're just like, they could just feel the Lord just speaking to them in that moment. And I, I was just speaking through a heart of love. I didn't know it was the Lord at all. And, and I just said it. And, and I could feel something shift in the moment. And I didn't know, I didn't quite recognize what it was yet. And we just started talking about other things. I think Jess started chatting. And then she starts to walk away. And I just thought, God, there's something more to this. I just know there's something here. And I said, hey, hey, Raina, I, I just want you to know. And then this, I got this picture. And I said, Raina, I just want, I, I, when I look at you, I see, I, I see there's actually this, I see this runner who was in the 2000 Olympics. She was a Dutch runner. I don't know if you guys remember this story. But she's running the 1500 meter. And as she's running, she decides to hold back and not lead the pack. And there's a runner in front of her that trips. And so she has to try and lunge over this runner in the middle of the race. And she doesn't make it. And she trips and she rolls like two times over while everybody else is still running. And, and so she's behind. And she's trying to get up. And she, she eventually gets herself back up, determined, I'm not out. I'm not out yet. And she just, I'm telling this to, to this woman. And I said, and she, she just picks up and she starts running. And do you know what? She ends up winning that race. And she makes it into the finals. And when I said that, and I said, I, you're like that runner, that, that even, though, even though things look like you're behind, you're not, and you're going to win. And man, I just stopped, and I started crying. And she started crying, and, and you just, oh, my Lord, I just, you just feel the, blue, the beauty of Jesus in that moment. And I tell you, there, there is nothing more powerful than your words to encourage someone. And I want to tell you one thing that I've learned is that people are not doing as well as you think they are. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. People are not doing as well as you think they are. They're not doing as well as they look. One thing we've gotten really good at, maybe just Orange County or in general, 
We've gotten really good at polishing this outer surface, haven't we? And so why don't we encourage more people? Probably because you don't think they need it. Is that pretty accurate? But gosh, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Just drop one little, one little nugget of, of gold in front of somebody and you can feel the whole moment shift like I did. Encourage to hold fast. The last one here is uh, verse 25. It says this, it says, not forsaking. Oh, wait, no, did I miss the, verse 24? Let's read verse 24 too. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some. But encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near, the day of Christ's return. Here's what I love about this scripture. and I call this encouraged to love and good deeds. But here's the heart of this. I want to read some of these pronouns here. Let us say us. Let us um, consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Not forsaking our, say our, our own assembling as is the habit of son. But encourage one another and all the more as, you, as we see the day. I know it says you, but other scriptures say we these are, these are us, we, our, another. Christianity is not, a, it's, it's not a, an individualized sport. This is a team sport. And I, I wrestle with, some, sometimes when I'm preparing messages, I wrestle with this thought, Jesus, this is so elementary. Jesus, this is just so simple. This is like, this is like calling guy blue. You don't really want me to talk about that, do you? And I tell you, I, I just, I've learned just like, God, we're not doing as well as we think we are. <laughs> Christianity is, is, it's not an individualized sport. I know, I know, I know. It's become one. But it doesn't have to be. It is a team sport. It is a family sport. And, and it, it we are, we are, God has hardwired you and me for relationship. We are hardwired to not just get around each other, but need each other. Okay? I don't care who you are, you need other people. All right? You might be the biggest introvert ever. And when you're not around people, your heart knows it. It's just maybe you like to be around people differently than an extrovert does, but we still need each other. And so the, 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 the cry of the gospel is, is to come together and encourage one another. The very Godhead himself is, is, is a needing, they need each other. There's a unity, there's a synergy. Can you imagine if we were like synergized like that? I know we talk about tithing your, your money a lot of times, but have you thought about tithing your time? Have you thought about, I'm going to spend 10% of my week with other Christians? Or I'm going to spend 10% of my week serving at somebody's house, making them dinner. I'm going I'm to tithe my time. And you might just think this is a big plug for home groups coming up, and it is. <laughs> uh -huh. 
Listen, I, I, I've told this to people. I say, if we can't figure out how to get Christians in each other's houses, I don't want to do church anymore. And the devil likes to encourage me every now and then and says, but Jesse, you guys really haven't nailed this very well. And honestly, in some ways, we're killing it. In other ways, I just see all the areas that we need to get better. That's just kind of, that's just, that's just kind of what you do as a leader. You, you see all the beautiful places, but you also see all the places. You're like, dang it, we missed that. But listen, I promise you, like, there is no other gospel in this Bible. There is no other church that, he, that, that, that this Bible talks about where a bunch of individuals read their Bible and worship alone during the week. It says they met together how often? Daily. Listen, you, you, you need to encourage one another daily. And you need to meet with each other. You need to, literally, it's saying to break bread daily with each other. But I don't live next to my friends. Yeah, I get it. It's hard. I don't live next to people. I, I, I don't even like those people over there. Yep. Not yet you don't. You know, why, you know, you know who people are hard to encourage? People you don't know. But you know, I, I promise you, as soon as you get to know someone, you will know how to encourage them. I had no idea how to encourage that young woman. No idea. It wasn't until I said, oh, hi, Uncle. Oh, it's your daughter. That's so great. Oh, she's adopted. And then she starts talking. And instantly, I know how to encourage her. Has that ever happened to you guys? I do my best to try and learn people. So I've got a list of times. Oh, we're good. I've got a list on my phone. This is a secret. You can't tell anybody this, okay? But I have a, a note on my phone called coffee shop names, okay? If you don't believe me, I'll show it to you, all right? It's got three different coffee shops on it and one other store that I've been into before. And I've just started, I've learned that I am, you're going to laugh at me if I, you're, you're going to tell me I shouldn't say this, but I have a hard time remembering names of people I, I hardly talk to. Okay, there was somebody here today that he's like, yes, we've, 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 we've met many times already, but that's okay. We can, we, we'll keep doing this. And I thank you. I need your help. <laughs> I just, I've just learned. And so I have, I have a list of names of people in coffee shops. Okay, I've got a list of about six of the people in this coffee shop. And this other one I go to, I've got everybody in my phone. And so when I walk in, before I, before I step up to the, to the, to the, to the counter, I look at my phone, I'm like, who is that? Oh, that's Pablo. And that's, uh, who is that? That's, oh, that's Lauren. Okay, good. And I know, I know, I'm super cheating, and I should probably be way better at this, but I'm not. But this is what I do. So I walk up, I says, Lauren, how are you doing today? Good. How was your morning? And I know their name. And so right away, I, I am one step closer being able to encourage that person. I am one step closer to being able to speak into their life. I'm one step closer to speaking to my life. And so I know it's cheating, but I, you don't have to do that. But this is how you grow in encouragement. You begin to talk to people. All right, where are we at? Where are we at? We're close. I know this is simple stuff, you guys, but this is the book of Hebrews. There's all of this information, this revelatory stuff and then the author says, therefore, encourage one another. Therefore, don't stop meeting together. Therefore, hold fast to this faith. Come boldly. 
Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, says this. I thought it was great, and I'm going to say it. It says, how do you know if someone needs encouraging? It says, if they're breathing. <laughs> See, this is a call, this last part here, this encouragement to love and good deeds. It's an encouragement to come together. It's an encouragement to be in relationship. Um, it can be really hard to build relationships on a Saturday afternoon or, a, or whatever, Sunday morning. It's just hard. I once asked um, during, uh, people uh, in, a, in a kind of a group of new, uh, new, new attenders. I said, how, how long does it take to, to meet someone new? To get to know someone? To build friendship, to build connection, right? That word connection. And, uh, and uh, you know, the, the, their, their responses were really interesting. One person said, well, I, I mean, I usually have to know someone at least, I mean, a couple months sometimes before I really feel connected to them. Would you agree somehow with that? Maybe it's a few weeks because you're more extroverted and you're a little more open and you just trust anything that walks. But, um, but, uh, but, but listen, real connection takes time, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Okay, now I want you to imagine... That three months, let's just make it easy, just one month. Say you're, you're a little easier to build connection. It takes you one month to get to know someone. Okay, now I want you to imagine you're going to do that one month and separate it out into 10-minute into increments once a week. Now how hard do you think it is to build a relationship and a connection with someone at church in just 10 minutes? Because chances are you have 10 minutes after, 10 minutes before. Am I right? And so here's, here's what I, I, I want to just encourage you guys. The intentionality that is required of you. It's required of you. If you're wishing and hoping for the person next to you to be your good friend or build connection, I'm, I'm going to say for most of us it won't happen. The people that I have built connection with are the people that I said, Hey James, you want to get coffee Friday morning, 7 a.m. before you start work? If I, want to have, if I want to have dinner with a few couples in my life, um, I actually have to text them or say, let's have, let's have dinner. So, again, elementary stuff here, guys. The church can't, we're going to do our best to facilitate connection. But in the end, I just want to encourage you guys to reach out and grab somebody. This, we, we have a unique season being on Saturday nights. And I'm ready for, to go back to Sunday mornings because I think it helps people. I know there's actually a big, there's a big birthday party tonight for someone's husband. And so we're missing like a dozen people. And it's just the way it is. It's fine. I love it when people just be free. But I get excited about going back to Sundays because it's just an easier place for everybody to have time for. But listen, you have a great time and a great moment here that after this, you've got to go do something called eating or drinking, however you get your calories. And, and so I encourage you guys, begin to come together. Don't forsake meeting together. And if you see someone sitting alone, don't forsake going up to them and saying, hey, what's your name? And then Wait till after they leave to put it into your phone, okay? It's super awkward when you type their name into the phone. Just a little tip.
I was, I'm just going to end with this, Ephesians 4.29. I, I don't think you have it. It says this, do not let any unwholesome talk, oh, there it is, come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And that word benefit those, I believe my translation says that it may give grace to those who listen. What does that mean? It means that your words will actually create things in their life. Even, and I'm, not talking, I'm still not talking about prophetic words, you guys. I'm literally talking about you seeing a need in front of you, a discouraged person walking up and say, hold fast. You got this. And so we could talk about the other stuff, about the, the other stuff that comes out of your mouth, but let's just, let's just highlight encouragement right now. <laughs> let's just highlight encouragement. I want you to stand with me. I'm going to close with this. Oh, do we have the worship team? You guys are going to come on up? <laughs> oh. Everybody say this with me. Say, this is easy. Say, this is easy. There is much harder things in the Christian faith, but this, this part, this is easy. You might wonder how we're going to get people saved in our city. This is how. Open your mouth and just encourage them. They might wonder, why the heck did you just talk to them? And you might just get to love on them and create relationship. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let this guy launch into a worship song in a second. And, but I want, us to, I want to challenge you guys because I think it's just what it's a good thing to do at the end of a message is to challenge. I'm going to pray for us. But I want to challenge you guys. Before I do it, I want to say, it's just a challenge for today, okay? If you can do something for me today, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you're willing to accept the challenge, okay? And your word is your word. So don't, don't agree to it unless you're willing to do it. I want you to encourage somebody today. You can do it tomorrow too because it's still called today, tomorrow. But I want you to encourage someone today. I know. I, I've got this, this narrative in my head of this is so easy and yet it's the hardest thing we can do. Does it feel like that sometimes? It's just so easy. But you've got to take that first step, guys. You've got to take that first step. My friend Kevin Debman would say, this is the chicken line. You got to step over the chicken line and not be afraid. But I want to challenge you this. Today, I want you to encourage somebody. I don't even care how you do it. I will let you do it your own way, in your own unique style. Heck, you can prophesy over them. You can give them a, a, a whopping word. I, just, they just better understand it. But I want you to encourage them. Now, I just want to, if you're, with every hand, eye closed, if this is you, I want you to raise your hand, I want you to raise your hand if you're willing to do, if you're not, I won't, I won't count, count your hand, but if you're willing to take a risk today and encourage someone, I want you to raise your hand right now. Cool. All right. Listen, I would love to hear all the stories of what happens, but I don't think it'll all get to me. But if you do want to share with me, you can share with me your story.
But Father, let me pray for us. God, I, I, we look to you, Lord, as the author of and finisher of our encouraging words, God. Now we are only encouraged because you've encouraged us, God. And I just, I also, I just want to plant a seed in your heart that when we start, um, we start up home groups this uh, this fall. Um, I, I, I feel we feel that we're, they're supposed to be around the table, and we're supposed to reduce the size to smaller than they were in the past, so that they're more intimate, that they're more connectable, and that they're and that and that it's, it's going to be a time when you're actually going to get to know people. It's not just going to be a time of worship and, and praise, but it's a time to actually get to know other Christians around you. And so I just want to plant a seed in your heart that you would, you would take this seed to the Lord and just ask the Lord, would you want me to join a house group? Would you want me to sit around the table and eat with somebody else every week and open up my life to them and them open their life up to me? Is this something you would want me to do, God? Would you want me to meet house to house? Would you want me to meet daily breaking bread with other Christians? Is this something that you would have me do? And I'm just going to plant that seed. I just felt powerful doing that. And so, God, we love you and we worship you. God, I pray for a spirit of encouragement over the church, God. I pray that the spirit of encouragement, Lord, would, would begin and never end, Lord. And, Lord, I know that we are pretty good at encouraging each other because I've heard good stories. But, God, I pray as good as we are, Lord, that you would, you would, you would make us better. And if you'll pray with me in this, I pray for this, that every person that walks into these doors would leave way more encouraged than they came in. I don't care if they've been here once or a hundred times, but that they would leave more encouraged than when they came in, Lord. That they would, they would hold unswervingly to this hope and to this faith, God. So God, we love you. We worship you and we say, Father, we are we are your sons and daughters effortlessly resting in this new covenant, this new way of being led by the Lord. Yeah. Come on, let's worship him. Just want you. Nothing else. 
nothing else. Feel the Lord encouraging us to draw near. Draw near. Draw near. This should be the end of every Christian sermon. <laughs> to draw near. This felt like uh, for, for maybe it's just one or two people, but I think that story about um, falling in that race and then end up winning the race, and <laughs> that, that might be for a couple people here. And I just want to encourage you, if that spoke to you, that uh, you have my permission to just grab a hold of it and run with that faith that what he has begun in you, he is faithful to finish a good work. We get the prayer, prayer team up. I know some of the other prayer team's gone, but if you're here, we'd love you to come on up. I was feeling like someone with a, a right ear problem. If, you have any, if anybody here with, that, with the hearing issues in their right ear, I felt during worship earlier I didn't say anything, but if that's you, come on up and get prayer. If you need encouragement today and you don't want to ask the person to your left or to your right, come on up. These are professional career-driven encouragers. <laughs> they, uh, they, are, they are approved. They are great encouragers. So come on up. If you didn't know you needed encouragement daily, now you do. We are in a battle, and it's a battle for your heart. It's a battle for your encouragement. But oh Lord, he is so quick to encourage if you just draw near to him. And so we bless you guys. If you want to stay, the band's going to play for a little bit longer. Have an amazing week. We'll see you soon. Bye.